It's a good song to lead into this next message uh, that we've prepared for you. I kind of gave you a preview at the end of service last week <clears throat> on what we would be talking about. Uh, if you, if you want to turn to it in your Bible, the message comes from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 16, verse 7. There's one verse in there I'd like to lift our message from. One verse, two words. Two words that I <laughs> that I'd like to lift it from today and I and 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 I believe you'll you'll get it right away. Mark chapter 16 verse 7. Mark chapter 16 verse 7. This version reads, "But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye shall see him, as he said unto you. You remember last week we talked about the women getting up early in the morning going to the sepulcher, the tomb, with one mission in mind, and that was to anoint the body of Jesus Christ, to prepare his body for the appropriate burial that they felt he deserved. And they got up real early and went, and when they got there, they found that the stone was rolled away. The barrier that they thought would be a hindrance to their mission was no longer and instead they found sitting in the tomb, scripture said, a man dressed in white. We know it was an angel. And the angel said unto them these words. He said, be not afraid, for the man you seek has risen, as he said he would. And then he said, but go, tell his disciples and Peter, I want to talk today about and Peter. That's all, just and, and Peter, and Peter. I got a clip for you that I think frames what we're going to say. Did my hack bathrack? You 
ותזיל תמה, אדוני, על בית הסיורים, אבל מות. אמין אמר אנאלק, תפתרם תגלה קראט דנינות. Peter is crushed because the arrogance that he had didn't stand up to his ability. When it got tough, really, really tough, Peter thought he could win the day with bravado. He thought he could win the day with the strength that he had personally. Jesus being the loving master knew that deep within that superficial, tough man image, Peter still had some things that he had to work on. And so even though he was the one who always spoke up, out of all the disciples, he was the one, whenever somebody needed something tough done, whenever there was a fight, Peter was the one to jump up. But Peter wasn't where he needed to be, and so here we have this scene. Well, Jesus has been murdered, and Peter is crushed. How do you go on? What do you do? Jesus isn't even here for me to apologize to. The same one who I said I would die for. I watched them murder him, and I didn't even have the strength to acknowledge that I know him. Peter said he was unworthy for Mary, Jesus' mother, to even touch him because he had denied him three times. Now before you pull out your religious scalpel, before you point a pious finger at Peter, I want you to be very careful because the same weakness that lies within Peter rests within us all. We all have experienced a time when we wished we could do something over. 
we wish we could have another chance to get something right. And so it stands to reason that when Jesus Christ, on that glorious morning, when the women went to the tomb, going for a sad purpose, but they left rejoicing, it stands to reason that embedded in the message of joy, that he's alive, he's alive, a loving Jesus would also insert just two words in there. Two words, because he knew what Peter was made of, just like he knows what you're made of. And so he embedded in the message of joy, go tell the disciples that he's arisen like he said he would. And all he had to add in the message was two words, and Peter. It's almost as if the angel is saying, Jesus left a moment ago from the tomb, but on the way out, he said, go get my boys and tell Peter he's still one of my boys. It's almost as if he wanted Peter specifically to know that even though you went through the tough stuff, you still belong to me. How many of us can sit here and honestly think, given the circumstances, we would be able to stand up to the pressure that was going on. That was a mad mob. They were ready to kill anything associated with Jesus Christ. People buckle under pressure. People, people have good intentions. Look, look, this is the same Peter who we know has good stuff in him. This is the same Peter who had faith enough to step out on water and walk toward Jesus but he didn't have faith enough to stay on the water. Jesus has been looking at him the whole way. It's the same Peter who one writer says, said that he knew that Jesus Christ was the son of God. The same one who Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He knew he had a spiritual foundation. He simply needed to be strengthened so he could be all the Peter he could be, this the same Peter, who when Jesus was accosted, thought he could use the might that he had lived with all his life and take the army by force. And that's why he cut off Malchus's ear. It's weakness. His purpose was true. His method was false. See, he wanted to defend Jesus. He just thought he should defend him with the sword. Instead, he should defend him with his life. And so we got this Peter. And God says through the angel, tell the disciples and Peter. Oh, 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 to be sure, this is happening today. There's a man who loves his wife and children, but he's on a job and he's under tremendous pressure on that job. He's got stress and at a moment of weakness on the job, he does something with the accounting on the job to help him get along through this tough spot. The moment of weakness that ends up costing him not only his job, but his freedom. It ends up costing him his family, the one he loves so much, he wishes he could have a do-over. Like the young lady who's so in love with the young boy she met in high school, who has vowed to be true to herself and maintain her chastity. But one Friday night, 
He's whispering a little bit too much in her ear. It's just the right time, just the right mood, and before you know it, she's giving him her all. She wishes she could have a do-over. Many of us, if we are honest with ourselves, if we're sitting here telling the truth, there are some things in our lives we wish we could do over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wish you could maybe watch what you say because you said something to somebody that hurt them so bad. You, you wish you could find some different friends because you were told to stay away from them folk in the first place and, and you ended up being just like them. You wish you wouldn't have ever taken that first drink. Yeah, or taken that first tote. You wish you had just left it alone. You wish... If you could go back to that moment in time, you had a do-over. Yeah, you wish you would wait, would have waited until marriage. You wish you could be more honest, not just with other folks, but with yourself about how your life is. You wish you could do that over. Some folk in here, somebody wishes they had just finished school. They look back over the reasons why they stopped and it just doesn't add up now. As hard as life has been, you say to yourself over and over again, if I could just do it over, I would do something different. Yeah, yeah, you wish you would have when you look back and you realize my children are grown now and I realize they're grown and they got their own lives and I, and I don't know them. And they don't know me either. And I wish I could just spend more time. Go back and spend more time with my family. Lord, if I could just have a do-over. We, we like do-overs. We like do-overs. In fact, we like do-overs so much, we embed them into our sporting activities. You know, if you play golf, you know embedded in the game of golf is a do-over. Not in the official format, but in all of these duffers that go around here on the weekend. If you play golf, you can buy a mulligan. Yeah, you can buy a mulligan. A mulligan, a mulligan says, if I hit a shot bad, I've already bought a mulligan, and I can trade my mulligan in, and I can get a do-over. That's what a mulligan is. If you like basketball, you know we've already embedded in the basketball. If I miss a shot, but somebody taps me on the way, I can get a free shot. Yeah, I get a do-over. It's called a free Throw, how many of y'all know championships have been won on do-overs? On a do-over, it's made the difference. If you, if you like baseball, you get three swings to try to knock one out in the field. But if, in fact, the pitcher is not accurate enough to put it where you need it, you get a free walk down the sideline. We like do-overs. We like them. If you like soccer... Embedded in the game of soccer is what's called a free kick. A free kick. You don't have, you unguarded, you can just take your free kick. We like, we like do-overs. And so if we embed do-overs into our game, surely there needs to be a do-over in our lives. Surely there needs to be a way that we can have a do-over in our lives. And the truth of the matter is this passage validates the fact that in this Christian walk, 
there is a do-over. Jesus Christ comes and institutes what's called the holy do-over. And he uses Peter as the example. Yeah, he, he, there are two words in this passage of scripture that are not found in any of the other gospels. Only Mark records these two words and Peter. No one else interjects that. All of the gospels record the resurrection, but only in Mark do you record and Peter. Only Mark writes this. It points to the fact, and you need to cheer for this, it points to the fact that God is a God of second chances. Yeah, he's a God of second chances. And if you've ever needed a second chance, you have to appreciate that we serve a God who's willing to give you a do-over. Yeah, yeah. So because of the resurrection, because of the, of the resurrection, I need you to know that a second chance is possible. A second chance is possible because Jesus got up out of that grave. Now, now you may be someone who feels like you have failed God miserably. The truth of the matter is all mankind fail God miserably. We all fail short. But he still wants us to know that through the resurrection, even though your life hasn't been what you thought it should be, even though you haven't made the choices that you thought you should make, he's standing there saying through the resurrection, through my son Jesus Christ, you have the possibility of a do-over. You have a possibility to get it right. The disciples well, somewhere hiding. Now, don't, don't think that just because Peter was the obvious one that the other disciples had anything to crow about. Don't think that they stood resolute around the cross. The Bible said that they all got ghosts. It's just Peter was the one who had bravado enough to tell Jesus Christ, I'll die for you. Recorded in the Luke Gospel as an interesting dialogue, and it's only in the Luke gospel. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ was being flogged, when he is, when he is being dragged down the Via Dolorosa, which is the path, the way of death for him, when he is being dragged, the Bible says that when Peter denied him the third time, only this gospel records that Peter was in a vantage point such that when he denied the young lady's allegation that he had been with Jesus, that Jesus was in a place where he could see him and that he, as it was depicted here, that they made eye contact at the point in time that he denied him the third time and the cock crowed. So Peter knew he had messed up. There was no speculation. The Bible records that Jesus looked at him and knew that what he had prophesied prior had come true. The truth of the matter is some of us have had some prophecies told over us too. Yeah, yeah, your mama told you not to be messing with that girl. Told you she wasn't nothing but trouble and wasn't going to do nothing for you. Yeah, yeah. And at the point in time when you knew the prophecy had come true, 
You and your mama made eye contact. Yeah. But because of the resurrection, even when we mess up, even when we do things that violate man's law and we end up going to prison, even when we violate man's law and we just make a total mess of not only our lives, but it has repercussions that makes a mess of everybody else's life, there's a do-over. History is replete with instances of men who have messed up and started all over again. They have reinvented themselves over and over again. Find a show enough entrepreneur who has created a business that's lasting, and I assure you if you look in his background, he's got several bankruptcies, he's got several failed ventures, he's got several things that he tried that he invested his all in but got no result from it. And yet, he was given a second chance. He was given not just a second chance, we can go say this, another chance. And so the resurrection tells us even when our lives don't go storybook like we think they should, through Jesus Christ, we can get a do-over. Just before the hour of Judas' betrayal, Jesus told them all they would leave him. None of them was convinced that it would happen. But Jesus said unto them, according to Mark 14, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And so every one of those disciples fled. The only one who stood there resolute, according to his gospel, was John. And he stood there, like I told you, long enough for Jesus to give him his last will and testament and bequeath his mother, mother's care, to John. And so Peter realizes on resurrection morning that not only was Jesus Christ true to his word in life, Jesus Christ was true to his word in death and in the resurrection. He brought, fear, he brought forgiveness and healing when he walked this, work, this earth. And in the resurrection, he brought new opportunities for us. And so because of the resurrection, we see that a new chance is possible. Now, this isn't the first time in the Bible that a second chance was given. You can walk through the Bible history and see that God is a God of second chances. Adam and Eve, after eating the forbidden fruit, were given a second chance. Abraham, after twice lying about Sarah, his wife, was given a second chance. Moses, after killing an Egyptian man, was given a second chance. Samson, after revealing the secret of his strength, was given a Second chance. David, after he lost his mind over a woman, had a husband killed, committed murder, this same David was given a second chance. Jonah, after he ran away from God, was given a second chance. Put your name on the list and God will give you a second chance. Not only is a second chance possible, because of a second chance, because of the resurrection, a second chance is freeing. 
freeing. It'll free you. Some of us have been walking around with the past on our shoulders like luggage. We can't move around because we won't move past what we did. We always want to identify ourselves as the one who messed up. The resurrection says that you can get a new, a new charge. You can get a new start. You don't have to deal with what happened in the past. Look at this Peter. We saw him on the video. Video. These people he had lived and loved with for the last three years, he didn't even want them to touch him. That's how it is when you mess up. You know it. You stop coming around the family reunion. Place you need to come to is church, but you stop coming to church. People just want to love on you. They know you messed up. Everybody knows you messed up. But you just want to sit and wallow in it. And the longer you wallow, the harder it is to get up and come. Suddenly a week turns into a month and you start hiding from folk in grocery stores because you're scared they're going to ask you, where you been? Yeah, yeah, you stop taking folk calls and then you decide, I'm just going to get a new number. I ain't going to let nobody contact me. Why? Because you messed up and you're not ready to fess up. That you messed up. But because of this resurrection, because of what Jesus Christ did, you can free yourself of the bondage and pressure that comes from your mess up. Yeah. The remorseful, weeping problem that you have. We saw it, man. He was broken. How do you get that out of your spirit? There's a freedom from the agony you feel. Judas never got through it. He decided to end it all. That was his final solution to the mess up he had. I still believe, and I stand here and say to you today, that if Judas had truly believed in Jesus Christ, though he had betrayed him, if he had simply come and asked him to forgive him, that Jesus had enough love in him to forgive even Judas of his betrayal. But Judas put a period where there could have been a comma. He forfeited his second chance because he didn't have courage enough to ask for forgiveness. Second chance bring freedom John wrote, 1 John 1 and 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to, look at this, cleanse us. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Cleanse us. How many of you know the cleansing power of Jesus Christ? When you messed up, he comes in and is true to his word because he says, any man who is in Christ is a new creature. New creature. Some of us say we're in Christ, but we still walk around in the same old, same old that we used to be. I see some dead men walking around here when it ought to be some new men talking. Scripture 
records that the resurrection, records that after the resurrection, Jesus appeared just to Peter. He appeared to the disciples collectively, but recorded in scripture. Jesus specifically visited Peter. Just a one-on-one -on -one with Peter. Just a private audience with Peter. Walk with me now. The same Peter who feels like he put Jesus on the cross. The same Peter who has so much bravado. I'm going to be with you. I'll never forsake you. And Jesus Christ after the resurrection, after he's been beaten and slain, after he knows that Peter betrayed him, this same Jesus puts on his agenda. I got to go see Peter. Nobody else around. Why? Because Peter needs a special loving for me right now. There is no recording in scripture of the dialogue that happened between Jesus and Peter. There is no recording in scripture about how long they stayed there fellowshipping together. You know and I know you can get a whole lot of relief when you know you wronged somebody and they send you a text saying it's all right. You know how that'll make you feel. You know how it feels when you know you messed up and somebody got the nerve to pick up the phone and call you and say it's all right. So imagine the joy that Peter had to feel in his spirit when he knew he betrayed Jesus and Jesus knocked on his door. It's the kind of joy that'll make you run all the way. It's the kind of joy that'll make you, when you go start the first church, preach so hard that 3,000 folk will join the church. It's the kind of joy that'll make you sit in a dungeon and sing all night long. Yeah, it's the kind of joy that'll never, that'll let you never tell anybody else you don't know Jesus. What he says, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have. He said, I ain't got nothing in this world, but I got Jesus. This Peter, the same Peter who just said to Mary, the mother of Jesus, I'm not worthy that you ought to touch me. Changed his testimony after Jesus came and visited with him to the moment he was dying on the cross. The Bible says that he preached Jesus until he died. He wouldn't even let him hang him in the same position that Jesus died in. They say history records that Peter was, was crucified on an inverted cross because he said, I'm not even worthy to die in the same position that my Jesus died in. But you can know one thing for sure, never a day, never a moment, Never a situation, never a time after Jesus came and blessed him with his forgiveness did Peter ever deny he knew him again. When you got Jesus in you, 
Not only is resurrection and newness of life possible, freedom is available to you. And last but not least, it's empowering, baby. It is empowering. Second chance. Reassured Peter of love. Restores Peter's confidence. The second chance reinstated Peter into his ministry. Jesus said to him, Bible records, the Bible records that there was a special commission that Jesus gave to Peter after the resurrection. Jesus, Jesus and Peter were sitting there talking and Jesus knew he wasn't dealing with the same old blustery Peter. And Jesus said to him three times, Peter, I love the number three. Jesus said, Jesus said to him, Peter, do you love me? He said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. I love you. He said, feed my sheep. And he asked him one more time, Peter, do you love me? He said, I wiped out the first time you said you didn't know me. I wiped out the second time you said you didn't know me. And I'm wiping out the third time you said you didn't know me. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Jesus didn't stop giving second chances. Just with Peter. He's still giving second chances. The second chances are empowering. You're sitting there today and you're feeling weak and lifeless and unable to do the things that you believe you ought to do. I'm here to tell you there is power in your relationship with Jesus Christ. There's power in the forgiveness of your sins. There's power when you don't have to be or used to be yeah, you can be new in Jesus Christ. And so if you've never given your life to him, if you've never accepted his gift of forgiveness, if you've never accepted the salvation that comes from knowing him, I extend to you that opportunity today. Why? Because he's worth it. He proved that he could live for us and live with us. Not only did he prove that he could live for us and live with us, he proved that he could die for us. He proved that his father's way of salvation was worth it. And his father validated that by resurrecting him. He, see, he sits today on the right hand of his father advocating for you. Right now, he's sitting at the edge of his seat. He's wondering, are you going to take the invitation? He's peering over heaven's doorway, wondering if you're going to come into the fold. He's been waiting and watching for you to come. He needs you to make the decision. There's only so much he can do for you. He's already advocated for you. And so I'm asking you today, if you're in here and you've never accepted him, let today be the day of second chances for you. Let today be a new day for you. The doors of our church are wide open. Whosoever will. Let him come right now. Accept his love and his invitation. And maybe you've been a part of a, our church family. For some reason, you 
haven't been in the fellowship like you wanted to be. Let today be a day of second chances for you as well. Start over. Make a new commitment today. We welcome you. And maybe there's another church that carries your name on its roll. But you know you haven't been there. And even if you've been going there physically, you haven't been there mentally anyway. And the Lord has shown fit to bring you to another location. If today you've decided that you want to be a part of our fellowship, I welcome you. Whosoever will. Whatever your situation, the doors of our church are wide open.